Welcome to this episode of Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast giving you advice, tips and tools for getting the most out of your research. I'm Thomas Warwick and today I'll be talking to you about how to make your own ECL reagent. What's more disappointing than a failed Western blot? Several days of hard work and effort gone. After the transfer step, the second biggest cause of failed Western blots is the ECL reagent. It's expensive, contains unstable and light sensitive chemicals, and the stock solution gets abused by careless researchers. So why not save money and make a private stash of ECL? What is ECL? ECL stands for Enhanced Chemiluminescence. As you probably know, we use it to detect and quantify specific proteins on a membrane. The chemicals in ECL, when mixed together, react to produce light. This reaction is catalyzed by the enzyme horseradish peroxidase. In a western blot, the secondary antibody is conjugated to horseradish peroxidase. And because the secondary antibody binds specifically to a primary antibody, that in turn binds specifically to a target protein, the emission of light from ECL is proportionate to the amount of that target protein. What are the components of ECL? Excluding water, ECL has four ingredients. These are luminol, p-cumaric acid, hydrogen peroxide, and Trist HCl at pH 8.5. As mentioned, these chemicals react to produce light. That is why ECL is supplied as two separate solutions that we mix immediately before the detection step in our Western Block protocol. We will make our own ECL as two separate solutions too. And in case you're wondering, we keep the hydrogen peroxide separate from the luminol and picomeric acid, and both solutions are buffered with Trist HCl. How does ECL work? Let's explain this by going through the four ingredients of ECL one by one. Luminol. Luminol produces the light needed to detect the target protein. It emits light when it reacts with an oxidizing agent. For the reaction to proceed, luminol needs to be deprotonated. That's why the ECL reagent is prepared at pH 8.5, which is slightly basic. The reaction of luminol with an oxidizing agent is complicated and contains many steps. However, the main product of the reaction is the dianion 3-aminophthalate. 3-aminophthalate is produced with an unpaired electron in a non-ground state orbital. There's no residual electron spin, and this is called the singlet excited state. The singlet excited state is unstable and decays to the ground state by emitting photons. The wavelength of the photons depends on the solvent in which the luminol is dissolved but it's usually around 425 nanometers, or blue light. And when a chemical reacts and produces light, it's said to be chemiluminescent. Hydrogen peroxide. Hydrogen peroxide is an oxidizing agent. It breaks down into water and oxygen, and many species catalyze its decomposition. Examples include silver-1, iron-2, titanium-3, and potassium iodide. In the ECL reagent, hydrogen peroxide produces the oxygen that reacts with, or oxidizes, the luminol in the presence of horseradish peroxidase to produce the chemiluminescence described above. TRIS-HCl Like all buffers, the TRIS-HCl provides a stable chemical environment for the other components of the ECL reagent. The slightly basic pH of 8.5 deprotonates the luminol, so the chemiluminescent reaction can proceed as we just mentioned. P-cumaric acid the chemiluminescent conversion of luminol to 3-aminophthalate is not ideal for immunohistochemistry. The amount of light emitted is relatively low, and it's all emitted quite quickly in something akin to a flash. 
there are several chemicals, mostly phenol derivatives, that rectify this issue, and p-cumaric acid is one of them. It increases the light emitted by luminol by about three orders of magnitude, and remarkably, it massively extends the emission period without changing the wavelength of the emitted photons. In fact, p-cumaric acid only loses about 70% of its emission intensity after one hour. If you would like a curly arrow mechanism for the oxidation of luminol by p-cumaric acid, check out the corresponding episode article. So, on to what you came here for, how to make your own ECL. First, check if you have all the right ingredients in your lab. Then prepare the following solutions. Luminol, 250 millimolar in DMSO. Do this by adding 89 milligrams of luminol to two mil of DMSO. Picumaric acid, 90 millimolar in DMSO. Do this by adding 30 milligrams of picumaric acid to two mil of DMSO. One molar Tris HCl at pH 8.5. Do this by adding 121.14 grams of Tris base to 700 ml of water, pH adjusting with HCl and making up to 1000 ml. And hydrogen peroxide is supplied as a 30% solution in water, so that one's made for you. Then get two opaque receptacles or wrap clear ones in aluminium foil to make them opaque and label them A and B. Now, keeping everything cold and dark, prepare the two solutions as follows. To tube A, add 1 mil of the 250 millimolar luminol solution, 0.44 mil of the 90 millimolar p-cumaric acid solution, 10 mil of the 1 molar Trist HCl pH 8.5 solution, and 88.56 mil of water. To tube B, add 10 mL of the 1 molar Tris HCl pH 8.5 solution, 0.064 mL of the 30% hydrogen peroxide solution, and 89.936 mL of water. Store both solutions in the dark at about 4 degrees centigrade. If stored correctly, they should last for 1 to 2 months. When your western blots start looking faint or failing, it's time to repair the solutions again. Use your homemade ECL identically to the pre-made stuff. Combine equal volumes of each solution in a separate tube and mix thoroughly. Then cover your blot with the solution and leave for one minute. Drain off the excess fluid and visualize your blot. Hopefully the benefits of preparing your own ECL are clear. But in summary, it saves money, it's yours, you can look after it, and it won't expectedly run out. Can you use other enhancers in your ECL? Certainly. There are alternatives to P-cumaric acid. Check out the references in the corresponding article for some ideas. As an illustrative example, researchers have explored 4-iodophenyl boronic acid as an alternative enhancer. The primary benefit of it over p-cumaric acid is its lower background chemiluminescence. So that's how to prepare your own ECL reagent in the lab. Check out the episode description for links to related articles and resources, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get more help and advice from mentors at your benchside. Are you always on the go, but still seeking valuable insights to advance your research? Well, look no further than Listen In, the podcast from Bite Size Bio that offers the benefits of webinars in a portable format. With webinars featuring leading researchers and commercial specialists discussing techniques like CRISPR-Cas9 and microscopy. 
With Listening, you can tap into their expertise and drive your research project forward efficiently and productively, no matter where you are. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for Listen In in your podcast app to subscribe.